you're just funny. It's you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Dick. Who are you? We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Are you ready? Okay, another healthy episode for you out there. You, I'm, I'm talking to you only. Thanks for tuning in to the show. I have uh, with me today Monica Strader. So Monica, I follow her on TikTok and Instagram, super educational. Uh, she actually has her PhD. So I wanted to reach out to her because her PhD is in chemistry, specialized in organic chemistry, uh, pre postnatal fitness, as well as nutritional science. So I wanted to have her on so uh, you know she could share her passion for fitness, for health, for nutrition. Uh, I, I guarantee she's going to give you some value because we talk about a lot of things like uh, vitamin D deficiency. You know, she's up north in Canada. So of course, she's going to take different supplements than I will down here in Florida. But I think it's important to have those conversations. But we also talk about, you know, breaking habits, like drinking every day, and uh, eating those boxed foods, shopping in those inner aisles in the grocery store. We talk a lot about eating whole foods and what we do for our body is important, but what we put in our body is even more important. Uh, just a, a tons of great stuff, and it was really cool to get to know her. She has over 22,000 followers on Instagram, uh, close to 200,000 followers on TikTok, and she's just shooting out a bunch of really cool and educational information on those platforms. I'm going to leave her links below. Um, you can go to movewithmonica.org and you could check all her information out. So if you want to know more, definitely reach out to her. Tell her Tony sent you. Give her a follow if you haven't already. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Monica Strader. Thank you for having me. No, this is great. And uh, of course, I'll leave all your links uh, in the description below. So people that are just listening that aren't watching, um, I'm going to throw up Monica's social media handles. But uh, you could take a look at all her uh, social links and, and sites I'll leave there. But for people just listening, Monica, uh, tell us a little about what you do, your background, and uh, we'll get into it. Sounds great. So I wear multiple hats. I have an online presence, but I also work in the corporate world. So I have a PhD in chemistry and chemical engineering. And in the corporate world, I work with food packaging technology as well as sustainability. And then uh, in the online world, I run two e-commerce businesses. One of them is around fitness and nutrition. So movewithmonica.org. And then another one I run with my husband, and it's a supplements brand. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, I, got, yeah, the chance to, uh, I got the chance to meet the husband, husband as we were uh, dealing with some headphone issues. So tell him thank you for allowing me to stay here <laughs> for a few minutes. Um, Will do. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. You know, it always interests me to uh, talk about talk with people that are health and wellness experts, or at least in that, because it is an interesting business for sure. Uh, of course, as you know, tons of competition. But um, you know, my, when I first started, I was a personal trainer uh, back when I was eighteen, and uh, I was I was I think about four or five years, and then I was like, okay, this is great. Let me let me do my own thing, and I started doing some some side work because I was at LA Fitness for quite some time. And uh, unfortunately, as you know, being in the corporate world and online world, it's uh, great to work for a big corporation, but there's a lot of cons as well, especially in this industry. So it's almost better to work for yourself because you can really give that one-on-one -on -one interaction that, that people are really looking for when it comes to health and wellness. And, and your personal flavor. You don't have to go by all the rules and regulations of that corporate. That's so true. Stick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's very, especially now, I can't imagine now because it wasn't as bad, you know, I'm 36, so 20 years ago, it wasn't that bad. But now it's just so much going on. Like, I just talked to a buddy that was on the podcast before, and like I was telling you out in California, and he was a trainer, and he did stuff on the side out there. But uh, probably about five years ago is when he stopped and he started being an actor. But now with people uh, that are either trainers or nutritionists or they're in that realm and they have their own business... Uh, he was telling me that he had so many people that came up to him, clients of his that say, Hey, listen, you know, the, it's been great what we do, but on TikTok, this guy was saying I, I should do this. Oh my God. And I was, <laughs> I, I was like, I felt so bad because I was like, dude, like, cause we were trainers together and there was no phones yeah. back then. And it was yeah. such a more simpler time because your certificate, mm -hmm. your certification spoke for itself and yep. that's all people listen to. But now there's so much information out there. It's kind so of so many experts, to... so many schools of thought. Yeah, it's it, you can drown in all of it. I've definitely had the same thing, but I saw this, and you know, this isn't working for me. So maybe that's what I should be trying. Where it's like, just stay on the path, 
-hmm. We have scientifically, technically proven um, plans and nutrition. We have the data, we have the sample set, just stick to it. But it's easy to say, oh, but it's not working. So let me try that. And then let's try that. And then you just get so confused and you can derail yourself. A lot of it has to do with with social media. But it's also this weird thing, maybe it's the past decade or so, where uh, either the new generation coming up or even people that are, you know, my age, 30s and 40s, they always look for that quick fix. Quick win. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the quick win, the, that seven to 10 seconds of response time and the attention mm-hmm. is show, so short now and people. So when they have, because I, I primarily eat plant-based, so I always tell people uh, that's what helps me, but it might not work for everybody else. And when I lay yeah. out my plans and they go, well, I want to lose, you know, 25, 30 pounds, can I do that in a month? And I go, well, everybody's different. I'm sure you could, you know, if you starve yourself and have nothing but water and do some fasting. Yeah, of course you could do that, but what's more sustainable? What can you do long term? You shouldn't think I got to lose 25 pounds right away. I got to bench for this photo shoot or yeah. for my summer bod. Yeah. It's it's the There's mentality. A lot of there. The mentality in that industry is uh it's so crazy because I feel like it happened like like that. Like people went from not caring to now we, it's only that, like people only want that quick fix for some reason. It's hard to get people out of that mindset. And on social media, you see before and after pictures. And I think there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of editing and there's a lot of good lighting. <laughs> I mean, whether you have the light casted down on you or is coming across towards you, you're going to see striations of your muscles completely different. If I take a picture first thing in the morning versus drinking two liters of water, it's going to look different. And unfortunately that's not conveyed in those pictures. And a lot of people to sell their product, to sell their plan, use that because they know that it works on the uh, consumer psyche. Yeah. And And unfortunately it can cause a lot of uh, eating disorders and mental health issues as well, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, it is. And I was even talking to my buddy about that as well, because it's not only is there a lot of, you know, mental health issues that come from that, but it's, it's interesting how we always look up to these people that we've never met. And it's kind of a strange time because you're able to comment on these people that you don't know. You're able to like their Mm -hmm. photos, the Kim Kardashians of the world. You're able to comment and say, Hey, Kim, I love the dress. And if she likes that, oh my God, your world is, you're like, on clothes. Yeah, you're like, oh my God, now I have to buy her skims and her her bras and her perfumes. And this is now I'm living in this world. So now there's so much pressure because you can have that interaction with, you know, these figures. But little do you know that internally they might be dealing with some crazy stuff that, you know, we don't know about. So you kind of have to be a little bit empathetic towards that. Exactly. And also the highlights are only really shown on Instagram. You don't really see the suffering, the tiring, like I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to go train. I'll take a picture of myself in the gym, but they might not see the fact that I was like, snooze, snooze, come on, you got this today, (laughs) right? And there's like, these are the struggles where, you know, it would be really nice to eat something that's not really great for me because I'm super tired and I need a boost in carbs right now, but you know, I'm going to make the decision to do this. Like you don't see all of that going on in the background and unfortunately you only see the highlights you only see the retouched pictures and the great lighting and everything like that yeah it's it's wild which is why i love so i I first discovered you on tiktok um Mm -hmm. love you love your content by the way um and then i I started following you on instagram and i i I bring up tiktok because there is one uh there's a few people i follow but one girl in particular i forget her handle i'm going to try to give her a shout out uh after we get off and i'll look it up but she does this great thing where she'll post like a 10 second video of like her her posing great like you said it's right in the morning it's before you ate anything which by the way if you don't know guys morning pictures are the best so if you want to wake up and do it 100 come on that's the best (laughs) so but she'll she'll do this and then she'll do like a 3 or 4 p.m one like right before she'll eat dinner but then she'll she'll do different angles that she did in the morning and you see the real and she'll point out cellulite and she'll point out what she thinks are incorrect parts of her body but i think that's even more real than anything that's perfect i think tiktok has kind of opened up this new realm of what's real realism yes and i think that's why tiktok is really taking off because instagram at the beginning it was just regular people with their iphones taking a picture and posting it and then you now have these influencers that are wearing thousands of dollars worth of clothing and jewelry and they have photographers and lighting all around them and then they go and edit these photos and it's a lot of work behind it but 
as a as a noob or as just a regular person, you can't really recreate that. Whereas TikTok, it's still in that I'm just going to pick up my phone. I'm just going to record it right here, right now. We're going to have a green screen, whatever it may be. And boom, post done. Same. And people can connect with that. And even big brands are finding that um, ads within TikTok, not to make them too polished, but make them sort of in that same vein. And they're way more successful. Yeah, People then- are trying to go back to that realism. Yeah, which I love. And it's it's kind of scary that we might only have this for like a couple years. Oh, yeah. And uh, then it's going to adjust. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, hopefully TikTok figures it out or maybe there's, you know, because there's been other companies that have come and go, you know, the Snapchats of the world. Snapchat's pretty much done. But, um, yeah. you know, like Vine, I used to love Vine because it was so goofy and real and it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, do we go through, are people going through this fad where they like the realism and then eventually they're going to want the the prettiness of Instagram? Because it's so crazy when I talk to people because I talk to hundreds of people a week and it's just it's this weird thing where we're conscious of what Instagram is like mm-hmm. everyone's aware of it I don't think there's one person out there that's like Instagram is the realest of the real like everybody on there is the real thing there's nothing fake about it the ads are authentic no one's saying oh, I've been doing this for the last six years this is why I have no wrinkles please buy it <laughs> <laughs> like everyone kind of laughs at it but yet we still I don't know about you, but I am on that stupid app all the time. It's like we're so addicted now and we're, we get that hit of dopamine a couple of years For ago sure. and we just can't not hit it. Um, and we're still and buying the stuff too. Like every time I see an ad, I'm like, I catch myself about to click it. And I'm like, okay, stop. Don't. I don't want it. Cause the algorithm or if is- I really like someone and they promote something, I definitely am like, Potentially, if she likes it, I do like her. That's right. But they have the top scientists, the top PhDers working on uh, gamification and game theory on how to hook you. And it is amazing what they do. Like they don't actually provide you posts that you will all like. Like they'll they'll provide you a couple that you like, then a few that you don't like because they want you hunting for more. Because the whole game is to have you on the app for as long as possible. So the tricks and such that they've implemented, it's just, it gets more and more intricate with time as they're getting user data, but they know they know exactly what buttons to push. Yeah, they are geniuses. I mean, you gotta give it to them. And you know, yeah. they, they admit it rightfully. So I think the CEO even came out earlier this week and he was like, you know, we get the algorithm, we know what it's doing. So we're gonna create two feeds. Did you see this? No, I haven't. So, you know, there's the regular feed, which you and I both know it's the algorithm. So it's based mm-hmm. off everything we like and all that. But then he's gonna create a separate feed where it's just the people you follow. So oh. essentially a, a for you, not a for you page, but a following page. But like the on following TikTok. page. Right. Which I really like because it's funny. I don't follow a lot of people on Instagram. And then every so often someone will pop up and I'll be like, man, I haven't seen this person in three years. (laughs) It's so true. So I'm glad they're doing it, but that just is more proof that (laughs) they admit that the algorithm is not for you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's based off your clicks and your likes and all that and things you don't like. Mm -hmm. So and that's a very Facebook thing that they're that they did with that algorithm. So I'm happy now that they're kind of transitioning a little bit more towards TikTok, because um, mm-hmm. I think if not, they're gonna they've already lo- lost billions of dollars from TikTok anyway. So um, absolutely, it'll be interesting. And then you know I don't know if you know this, but I just found this out when I was uh, diving into some of the social research. And the TikTok in China, are you familiar with the difference between the China TikTok and our TikTok? I do. I know that they promote a lot of science and engineering type Crazy. videos so that the kids are, they're encouraged to follow in those degrees yeah. and yeah, they're just helping their youth essentially. And then in the U S they're kind of pushing the dumber stuff, <laughs> maybe a little bit more sexual and so yeah. forth. It's un- it's unfortunate, but yeah. it, the algorithm is different depending on what country you're in. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There's, uh, of course, there's things that we do right and wrong. And there's things that other countries do, of course. But then I'm also thinking to myself, but China also doesn't allow Google. So I'm like, "Eh." so there's pros and cons (laughs) to what they're doing. But it's almost it's so interesting where we can't find that happy median because I I really feel there's so much potential with TikTok. I have a friend who's um, a NASA engineer and she's a TikTok educator. So mm-hmm. uh, she specifically, TikTok pays her to only post educational content, which is super interesting. Yeah. And I feel like if more people knew about that or if more people that are in fields that are educational, I mm-hmm. wish TikTok and these social media apps would make more of a purpose 
to reach and out and elevate. Up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love following um, space history because that's not really my area of expertise, but that's always been something that I've been interested in. One that specializes in Egyptology, which I've always found fascinating. And I love the, and they have very small following, very small, um, uh, very high quality content. Sorry. Yeah. And it's just, it's great. I wish they would be pushed more to the top, but there are some, and they are fascinating to learn because our attention spans are a lot shorter now with everything that has evolved with time with technology and getting just a snippet of history or like, did you know fact something um, that you can awesome. use in a conversation with your friends is fantastic. And it's just, it's a bomb of information in 15 seconds over and over and over again. So I wish they would get more publicity, to be honest. Absolutely. Now, I'll definitely send you my uh, my friend, Joan, uh, Joan Marie. Shout out, Joan. She's going to be on the podcast actually next week. Uh, but I, I went to high school with her and to see her grow to where she's at now, where she works for NASA. And I'm just like, like we used to hang out at Amazing. the lunch table. Like, what the hell? <laughs> but she'll put out this really cool content while she'll use the trendy sounds, but it's mm -hmm. only educational stuff. So where most people would do like a dance or they'll bang their head up against the table. She'll use that same trending sound, but she'll educate you on moon and stars and what the sun is Love doing it. this week. It's like, it's all information where I didn't even learn this stuff in school, man. Like I did not pay attention <laughs> yeah. to this. So it's kind of cool that you can get that hit of dopamine with educational stuff. Cause yeah. like you said, it's great conversation starters. Like I was with my buddy uh, at the beach yesterday, we were down in Bradington and his girlfriend was talking about uh, a couple of the, girls that they follow that were doing these funny dances like they're trying to dance on the beach and yeah. then me i'm sitting down with my buddy ben and i'm like hey man did you hear about the jeff bezos thing that he's doing in space where he's looking for a grant and i'm like giving all this juicy intel yeah. that i learned from tiktok and i'm Who like is this guy yeah i was like i felt so smart but then he asked me more questions and i'm like i don't know you got to follow him because i ran that information but yeah that's that's you cool google that yeah, it's just Google that, man. Um, but let's get to uh, so let's get to your background, your knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. So when it comes to nutrition, you know, I'm very. Uh, I used to be a carnivore, hardcore. Uh, okay. But but ever since I, uh, like I said, I was diagnosed with Crohn's. I went uh, plant based because it's the only thing that really worked for me. I did mm -hmm. like an elimination diet after a few years, and I was on medication, and the medication was still giving me issues. And about two or three years ago, uh, probably right when I started this podcast, because that was a big reason why I wanted to start, is to kind of spread the knowledge, and then it kind of morphed into this different thing. And uh, plant-based was the only thing that worked for me. So still to the day, I eat primarily plant-based. I'll have an egg every now and then. Uh, I'll cheat and do that. Uh, and of course, there's hardcore vegans that give me shit on social media where I do have honey. So I guess I'm not fully vegan. So calm down, <laughs> vegans. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Where do you stand on the nutritional scale? Like how have you found a diet that specifically works for you or your family? Have you done some trial and error? Because I know your background is in right chemistry and, and nutrition. So mm -hmm. where do you kind of stand on that? I believe in the law of individual differences. It's going to be different for every single person. I like to use myself as a guinea pig. I've done that with nutrition and fitness. I've done every program under the sun I've done keto I've done I haven't gone fully vegetarian plant-based but I've tried moving out more uh, meat and then introducing more vegetables and then toggling that and seeing how I felt my happy medium is I like to have multiple meals during the day I'm generally a very lean person I'm 18 percent body fat so I need that nutrition throughout the day in order to function mentally and physically. I have a one-year-old son as well. So nutrition is key, especially in the last year as I've been breastfeeding him, I couldn't reduce calories because I didn't want to affect my milk supply. I wanted him to be as healthy as possible. And for me, I like to have meat. Do I have meat at every meal? No. Um, I don't start my day off with meat. I have usually eggs now that I'm working from home uh, at lunchtime. And then I have meat in the evening. I vary my proteins and my vegetables so that I get all the different nutrients. And I'm always feeding that good gut bacteria. For me, gut health is the foundation of everything. And you, know, and you have your vagus nerve connecting to your brain. So the two are interconnected. Uh, if I have, if I'm not regular, if I have bloating, I can feel the brain fog. I can feel the lethargy and I, I have to be the mental acuity for my job 
in the corporate world needs to be at point because I deal with A players. I work with big brand owners, General Mills, Coca-Cola. If I'm not delivering what they need, then you know I'm failing at my job and I'm failing with myself. Yeah. So I found what worked for me. Um, I've played with uh, keto and it, it works, but unfortunately I found it very restrictive. I also play in the 80-20. 80% of the time you eat whole foods, you eat healthy, but 20% of the time, enjoy life. If you want that cupcake, go for it. You know, a lot of people say that on my TikTok, oh, you must be so fun at parties because I might be commenting on the ingredients in certain processed foods. And I have no problem with the processed foods if you're eating them once in a blue moon. It's the people that go and have fast food at lunchtime every day, like high school students, and then, you know, have the candy and with all these essentially only synthetic ingredients. And once you move away from it, you really start to feel healthy. You yeah. feel elevated. You feel energized. There's no dips in energy. You know, as people say, oh man, I need to take a nap after that meal. That shouldn't happen, right? You should be stable. That's very good for your hormones to be stable. If you have those dips, highs and lows, that's, that's going to be unhealthy in the long term. Yeah. If anything, you should have more energy after you eat. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, and energy is fuel and that's how I look at it. Um, so whatever makes me feel best is what I will move towards. So lots of plants and vegetables, even though I still eat meats, um, in order to help that good gut bacteria have those prebiotics, probiotics, that fiber, um, like I used to have terrible issues with, um, bloating. You know, you oh, really? were talking, you were talking about before and after pictures where women would, sh would show at the beginning of the day, they would, their stomachs would be flat. And then by the evening, they would have bloat. Yes, there's going to be a little bit of distension as you know, your body is more saturated with water and food throughout the day. But if you're having bloat bloat, there might be an underlying issue there, right? And so we shouldn't normalize that because there might be something with fiber, prebiotics, probiotics that you might not be addressing. Yeah. So how I went down sort of like with you and Crohn's, I went through the nutrition thing because I had gut issues mm. and I was actually in so much pain that I was ending up in the hospital and I couldn't understand like, why is this happening to me? I, you know, I did elimination diet. I couldn't figure out what it was and it ended up actually being, um, candida cause I was on birth control oh, and really? Yeah. And doctors never tell you that birth control, um, affects obviously your hormones, but it can affect your gut health. So I ended up going to the hospital and they're like, Oh, your cortisol is like three times the normal range. This is crazy. And they started seeing like, am I secreting too much cortisol? Um, maybe we need to, um, maybe you have a tumor. Let's send you to an endocrinologist. And they just phoned up an endocrinologist and it was a lady doctor and she goes, Oh, is she on birth control? And I go, yeah. And she's like, that's it. Just Don't like even that. come in. I was Whoa. like, okay, sign me up for whatever is non-hormone based. Yeah. Ended up going, uh, coming off it within two weeks. I had like thoughts of depression, which I've never had in my life. Gone instantaneously. Bloating gone. Cortisol drops right into the reference range. Energy levels. Interestingly enough, um, my fitness actually improved. I started putting on muscle mass way better once I got off birth control. Really? It was significant brain fog gone, all these things. And you know, some people take birth control, never affects them once in their life. And how the doctor dictated it is that it's almost like, um, a can of, uh, gas and it's just getting filled up, filled up, filled up, filled up. And you just reached your, your full point and mm -hmm. you kind of just burst. And some people never reach that full point and they have absolutely no issues. And some people uh, reach it a lot sooner. And so bit off it would really not recommend it to people. If you can find an alternative method, love the copper ID, you know, no hormones going natural is usually, usually the best yeah, for uh, most of the time. Yeah. And, and that's with pretty much everything too. You know, that's, yep. it's, again, it's one of those things where we're, we're stuck now in this in 2022, we have, you know, depending on what you believe, I mean, it's 2000 years is what we have figured this thing out. And we're like at mm -hmm. this point now to where for every problem, quote unquote problem, there's infinite 
solutions and for sure not all the solutions are going to be correct you know but no but there's so many uh ways to do this trial and error thing you know because the doctors told me when i was uh, going through this whole issue, they're like, well, you know, try this medicine, try this medicine. They're giving me all this medicine and stuff, but not one single doctor. I saw multiple doctors, five of them, in fact, not one single one said, hey, you should try to switch up your diet. You know, because no. with Crohn's no. and with Crohn's in particular, I was having this, I have a very rare case where most Crohn's, like 90% of Crohn's patients, they have like chicken wings and they have to go to the bathroom immediately. Yeah. With me, I'm not like that. With me, like you said, I, I kind of feel bloated after meals, depending on what they are. And then I'll, I'll be backed up for days on end. And mm -hmm. eventually I, it'll get to the point to where I just can't go. And then I have to go to the hospital and they have to pump my stomach. Oh, yeah. And I was doing that like every two months I was going to the hospital. And every single time I went, they would just give me either like a laxative or they would tell me to get on Humira or one of these other ones. And I've tried all this stuff and it was getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And then all I did was I cut out red meat one time started getting a little bit better. I was like, this is interesting. I don't feel as bad. But then I was still mm -hmm. having some issues. And then I cut out poultry and fish. And I was still having a little bit of issues, but not as much. So I'm like, all right, let me cut out bread then. And, you know, I'm mm -hmm. Italian, so it's hard for me to cut out gluten and bread. It's yeah. very frustrating. It's, Good for you. <laughs> it's insulting to my father every time I bring it up. He's like, you're a disgrace to the family. Um, but I cut that out. And now I only do that occasionally. And then alcohol, I cut that out as well. Yep. And then little do you know, alcohol, now alcohol, unfortunately, is such a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. And people need to talk about it more because essentially, it is a toxin. And as soon as it enters your body, your body wants to dispose of it. So it stops all other processes in the body until it is all purged out. So people who want to put on muscle or lose fat, it literally stops regenerating your body, stops building muscle, stops losing fat until all the toxins are removed, then it goes back to it. It's unbelievable. It, and it's I don't unfortunate. Even and I don't even know if you uh, could elaborate on this, but um, I remember reading an interesting article, but I don't want to quote it because I don't, I'm not a nutritionist, but mm. the idea of the hangover. Yes. Can you explain what the hangover is? Because sometimes people think, well, it's because I drank too much last night, but it's, the hangover is the, literally. The toxins being <laughs> being purged out of your body. Your body's like, no, bro, you shouldn't yeah. be drinking this. So we you need to get rid of it. And it, yeah. that's why that, you know, again, it's, it is taboo to talk about, but this is an explicit yeah. podcast, so feel free to curse <laughs> as much as you want. But the reason why you have massive diarrhea and you want to throw up and your head is pounding the next day is that your body's like fighting because this is not natural. This is a toxin. Yeah. And when it, it, the second it hits, the second that vodka shot goes in your face, your yeah. body is automatically thinking, we've never seen this before. What is this? <laughs> All right, guys, the alarms are going off. Let's shut down everything. We need to get rid of this immediately. And, you know, for me, when I had Crohn's, the, the reason why Crohn's is so interesting is it closes up my intestines. It's, a, it's scarring of the intestines. So it closes it mm -hmm. up completely like a hose, like you're stepping on a hose. So every minute of every day, my body is fighting it. So when I do drink alcohol or when I do have a foreign substance or processed foods, what happens now is what? Now my body can't fight off that scarring. It mm -hmm. goes it goes to try to fight off the alcohol. And now that's this is where I have an instance. So once I figured out that science behind it, I'm like, this is changing my life. And I think that it goes with a lot of diseases. I mean, if you're dealing with something other that's chronic, if you just make mm -hmm. those checks and even just eliminate alcohol or processed foods, yes. you can make a massive difference. A hundred percent. And you saw the extreme case of it, but you mentioned, you know, these foreign uh, substances, alcohol, um, artificial flavoring and colors and so forth. They're all seen to the body as foreign, just to de varying degrees to every person. So you may not see immediate effects right now, but there are compounding effects that are occurring, little small changes inside you that accumulate and may cause a larger issue down the road. So, you know, the whole concept, oh, but I didn't see anything. I survived. But did you, are you surviving at your peak possibility? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. that is, alcohol is definitely very taboo around that because people love to relax with a glass of wine. But why yeah. are you relaxing with a glass of wine? Is there something else that you could be doing? Maybe a walk with your family outdoors and so forth. Like there's definitely substitutes. I can understand that I want to feel relaxed and so forth, but it does, uh, there's a lot of research coming out all around the aging of your brain, the shrinking of your brain from just mm -hmm. half 
or a glass or like half a unit or one unit of alcohol per day. And I, I think oh, really? that, probably that, that this as well, very little. And I have lots of friends that end, you know, their stressful day with a glass of wine with dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's even more, again, I got to go back cause I'm Italian, but it's even more crazy where there's this, sometimes a lot of the stuff that we do routines, rituals, a lot of that stuff is hereditary, you know, or maybe we're fans of movies or something like that. Like we're very, I don't think we're cognizant of it because it's just, it's so normal. But when you have like spaghetti and red sauce, you think mm-hmm. like, as soon as you taste it, you're like, I want a glass of red wine. But that's just, mm-hmm. that was something that was fed to you either when you were a kid or you watched a movie or, you know, maybe I even like to dive a little bit deeper. I have this conversation with my buddy who's a raging alcoholic. Uh, but <laughs> we always goof around about it. at least he's a, a good guy where he's like, I'd rather live, you know, 50 years hardcore than, you know, he's one of those guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Me, I'm the opposite. I'd rather live 90, but all sustainable and, and just a great 90 years, you know? Um, Agreed. And also just a quick comment on that. Yeah. Once you start having a family, you want to live longer so that you can be with your kids and grandchildren and so forth. So, which is weird because he's single. Hmm. I wonder why, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, who you are out there, bud. but I, I think it's, I think it's so crazy how we look at that, you know, that nature of everything that we've been doing. But sometimes we forget that if we just set aside the routines and the things we were raised about, and we realize that the drink doesn't give you the social confidence to have those conversations. Cause I think a lot of that, at least what he tells me, he's like, I like to do it because I like to be social. I'm a social drinker. You hear that a lot. That's the only way I can have a conversation. And I tell this all the time where I go, dude, if you just focus a little bit more on cutting out the booze, even a little mm-hmm. bit, cut out the booze, read more books, maybe meditate, maybe do some yoga, pick up some hobbies. You'll realize that like mentally you're a little bit more clear to where 100%. you'll you'll want to have more conversations. The reason we're kind of so like introverted and we're so weird and awkward is because we're putting all this weird processed shit in our body. So our body's kind of shutting exactly. down, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, there's a lot of programming and normalization when it comes to alcohol in media. And unfortunately, like you see it in every single movie. So if you, and if you watch TV every day or you watch a movie every weekend, that's just being instilled in you and it's being instilled at such a young age. So you just assume that's normal. Uh, My husband and I don't drink. When I obviously became pregnant, didn't drink, husband joined me. He's never looked back and he says, you know, I may never for the rest of my life. And I mean, we had our party years in the past and that's great, but we get so much done now that we just feel great. We wake up in the morning and energized. We have our workout. We have our time for ourselves. We're working on, you know, our side businesses. And it's just like, it's, we feel fantastic. Yeah. Why, why would we want to hinder that when we see that the progression is like this? Yeah. And especially as you get older, like you said, like whether you have a family or not, like once you get to a point where you're like, you know, I might only have like 20 years left, 30 years left, 40. Mm-hmm. So I probably shouldn't waste my time doing belly shots off, off of girls. You know, like <laughs> there's, there's a level where I think you need to stop doing things, but Hey, to each their 100%. own. Oh, for family. sure. And that's it. Yeah. I'm just sharing information. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to my social media platform, I'm not making recommendations. I am just fact sharing so that there's more awareness because yeah. knowledge is power and what you do with it. It's up to you. Um, but as long as you know, what's out there. Yeah. And it is so crucial with social media. Now, the more information you get, that's actually good information for you. I think that's going to help people mentally as well. Um, mm-hmm. I realized when I, uh, when I was going through all this stuff, I found myself, well, I'm spending a lot more time in hospitals. I'm spending a lot more time focusing on my health and all that. So I realized I should probably cut out like the negative fat, quote unquote, mm-hmm. all that negative stuff in my life. So I went through like my Instagram mm-hmm. feed and all the people I was following that either were negative or I haven't yeah. talked to in years. If you just kind of trim that fat, if they're not giving you good stuff, then mm-hmm. most likely it's not going to be good for you. So. And that's usually one element that's skipped over when it comes to nutrition and fitness is the mental aspect of it. So my husband and I, well, my husband, um, he does consultation around, um, 
mental hate, mental health and um, your mental state. I don't know if you've ever read this article, but on Reddit about eight years ago, he made a post. It's called the non-zero days. It was the most read post on uh, Reddit for I think like six years in a row. There's a community of over 100,000 people. He's gotten like tens of thousands of emails still to this day. He gets emails on it and it's all about living a non-zero lifestyle. So it's about, you know, if you want to uh, read more, learn an instrument, you know, um, be, be more fit, do a push-up, play that instrument for five minutes a day, read one page in a book, just anything so that it's a non-zero day and you're moving towards your goals. Because some people struggle with, you know, just getting out of bed in the morning sometimes, right? And they, they're not feeling fit, they feel that the world might be against them. And if you want to move forward, it's, it's those baby steps because... A year from now, you're going to look back and say, I took 365 baby steps and look how far I've gotten today. That's so so true. can, when we get done, message me that uh, article. I'd love to check it out. That's really absolutely. cool because I always mm-hmm. think about that a lot. You know, there's people that obviously get a bad, bad hand dealt second they're yes. born. Sometimes they're in, you know, horrible situations. And I, I think to your point, uh, if you, if you talk more about picking up those hobbies, whether it's five minutes a day, I love that attitude where even if it's just a little bit here and there, that's 365 days. That's mm-hmm. huge because it'll get you out of that mindset of where you're living now. And I think mm-hmm. maybe that's why social media is so popular, right? Is because it gets us out of the real world for real world for a second. But then the problem is sometimes we get caught up in it too long and too much. Yeah. Uh, but if we can use that time to either play that instrument or, you know, working out or yoga, which my, my wife is big into yoga. I'm, I was big into it for a while when I was training, but now I'm starting to get more into it because I'm realizing yoga is not just about like looking good and being able to do a, a pretzel. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's more about the mind and, mm-hmm. and the soul and the body. And once I dove a lot more into yoga and, you know, how it started, I think it was like 15,000 15, years ago or something crazy. Like mm-hmm. um, the whole attitude of where it became and how it's growing. Like if you can surround yourself with hobbies like that that make you better – it's interesting where your mind goes because it's to a place that you don't know it existed. Absolutely. And also just being in quiet in a quiet zone and being on your own because we're usually like, I know I always have my phone in my back pocket or in my hand or something. Right. And it's like, now it's elsewhere. I'm not looking at the screen. I'm in tune to my thoughts right now. I'm focused on it. Like, I mean, and then you find that if you do practice yoga in that time for yourself, it starts extending into um, other habits. So having dinner with family and friends, not being on your phone, being in tune with that person who's there. Um, when you're in a car, if you're not the one driving and you're not scrolling your phone on your phone, like all these little things and this starts connecting. There's a time and place social media uh but unfortunately it definitely takes over people's lives and then also with yoga it's important to be limber when you're big into fitness because the aches and pains start coming in once you get older if you're constantly just training and then not really stretching those hamstrings oh my god i've noticed that big time especially because i'm doing actually a lot more uh like calisthenics more hit training um because i used to do hardcore kettlebells and uh, then I started realizing, like, once I got to my 30s, I'm like, I'll do a couple push-ups and I'll start hearing, like, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's new. Like, what is that? And that's when I stopped doing yoga for so long. But now I'm getting back to more of that. I'm doing more, like, bear crawls, crab walks, push-ups, pull-ups. Like, th- this whole stigma of doing, you know, that kettlebell and, and being Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I don't know if you guys have looked at Arnold lately. He doesn't look that good. And it's, it's, it's not that he's out of shape, but the dude's old and he's put his body through the ringer. Um, through the ringer, there's been steroids, HGH. You've got yeah. a lot of a lot of extra drugs in thing. there too. So again, it goes back to like, do you want like to be Arnold from like the age of 20 to 40? Or would you rather have a nice, healthy, sustainable, flexible body until you're 90? And I think most exactly. of us should choose the latter. It is tough because, again, like we said, there's so much info out there. I mean, how would you, if someone wants to clean up their life tomorrow and they're like, you know, Monica, that those are some good points about the booze. I'm going to stop booze. I'm going to get to working out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, where could they go, like, step one to, uh, to start a healthier lifestyle, in your professional opinion? I would say kind of reflect on your life and see where you see areas for improvement. Make a list. 
make some small little uh, milestones in there and just slowly start at attacking them and see how you feel with, you know, doing one at a time. So let's say you want to start becoming more active. Maybe you're not ready to jump right into the gym, but I want to start um, going outside and going for walks. So maybe for the first few weeks, you know, you go out for, you know, to count your steps, 7,500 steps, you're going to go every day in the sunshine. You're getting uh, prepared with that vitamin D and your um, circadian rhythm and that uh, melatonin production for the evening. You're already going to start feeling better, better there. Or, you know, I eat fast food every, every day. So maybe let's limit it to it just on the weekends, right? Like small steps like this. And then you start, start tackling each yeah. one and then you start adding to it. And then that's when, because when you have those mo smaller milestones, you feel great about yourself, about yourself. You can't say, I'm going to look at Arnold or what, you know, Paige Hathaway, and I want to look like her or him within three months. That's, that's not it. It's about the lifestyle so that you start feeling better. Because once you start feeling better, those other things, they just slowly fall into place naturally. Yeah. That's, that's so, such good advice too, for sure. Yeah. So just working with them, talking it out and figuring out, you know, what kind of lifestyle do they have and where do they see areas for improvement and then slowly, slowly start going for it. Yeah. Cause everybody is different. You know, that's, yeah. again, that's, this is where in the back of our head, we're like, we want that, that quick win that, mm -hmm. but really I always lived my life by short-term sacrifice for long-term laziness where yes. you got to make those little, every single day, you got to make those little sacrifices, whether it's eating that salad, if you don't want to eat it or, you know, yeah. cutting out maybe the booze and having green tea instead and trying that out, like doing these little wins here and there, it might not be as sexy as what the mm -hmm. movies portray it as or what social media, portray. but at the end of the day, it's, you got to stop thinking about what is out there and what other people are doing. And you got to think about your health because sometimes, like I talked to my buddy, he's 21 years old. He's, he goes to uh, FAMU uh, up north and he's like, yeah, man, you know, I, I went out drinking last night and uh, I stayed up till 3 a.m. And then, you know, I worked out at 6 a.m. And I'm like, bro, you're 21. Like if you gave that <laughs> advice to a 40 year old, you're going to ruin their life. Like you just can't do it. So yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to be mindful of every single thing that you see out there is not going to tailor to you. So you, you have to figure out what's going to be best for you. And, uh, you know, obviously seek help from professionals, probably, um, mm -hmm. good advice as well. Yeah. Not focusing on the outcome is important. It's instilling the habits. And once those habits take, um, you start, they become a habit and you don't even think of it, then that's when you know you've succeeded and you've won. Yeah. Yeah, rituals and habits are really important. I'm realizing mm. as I'm getting older now that uh, before I thought I had like routines where I'd like wake <laughs> up, go to the gym, go to work, yada, yada, but it was so all over the place. Now I'm trying to be so manic about using different apps and um, I do a lot of ice plunge and uh, sauna Ooh. and stuff and I'm I'm obsessed. I got Wim Hof or do you like the hot, cold, hot, cold transition? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy Wim Hof yet, but <laughs> that was the motivation actually. Fantastic. And, but I ended up uh, getting this thing called Ice Barrel, if you're familiar with the company, where no. it's like a, I'll, I'll send you the website there. It's a really cool company where um, it's literally a barrel, like an old school whiskey barrel, yeah. but it's kind of like isolated Yeti plastic material. And they give you a step stool and it's like perfect height for you to sit down when you go in it, as opposed to laying down. Yeah. And you sit and do that. And once I got one of those, I'll, uh, I'll only do it on my off days. So I won't do it like the days I train because, you know, if you guys want to plunge out there, if you look at the research, the research, it's kind of like back and forth. But more often than not, it's saying that if you ice plunge the days of training when you actually do weights, it's not good for muscle growth and recovery. It's actually good for your off days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'll do that on my off days and I'll hop in the hot tub or the sauna and I'll go back and forth maybe once. And then I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm done. So I'm trying to work up to doing at least like four or five transfers back and forth because um, i got a buddy that does a lot of transitional training like that where he'll do it on his off days and he'll go like 50 degrees to like 105 in the sun and then back and forth and i'm like dude after that i start getting lightheaded and i'm like <laughs> it gets wicked that's admirable that's admirable like wim hof i I've read the benefits. My husband has actually taken his course and oh. we have a sauna in our house and right beside it, we have a shower. So he actually bought just like a plastic tubby thing that we put in the shower and then filled it up with ice and water. And he and his buddies have done that back and forth, back and forth. I just watched from the sidelines, as you know, men versus women, I think 
generally speaking, women love very, very hot scolding showers. Oh I'm God. that kind of person. So when I go and I look at an ice bath, it's just, it's terrifying to me. Yeah. And where, where are you guys out of? Like where do you guys Calgary, from? Alberta. In oh, Alberta. Canada. So it's like, yeah, so it's sure. like the Texas of Canada. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are lucky up there because you actually can get ice. Like if you go outside. So, we could probably pick it up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so for me in Florida, so even with my ice barrel, I have to get like 50 pounds of ice. I have to keep it in my freezer. And then right when I dump it, it usually starts to warm up. And even our showers, our showers don't even get colder than 70 degrees. So wow. I try to do like my quote unquote ice plunge in the shower. But yeah, my yeah. wife's the same way. She loves the hot and we can't even get it as cold as we want. And then during the summer, forget about it. Like my ice baths don't exist because I'm dumping so much ice in there. It's just not staying cold enough. So I would love to go out in Canada because my buddy uh, was up there. He used to live in New York, so he used to cross the border all the time. He had friends in Toronto. And he's like, yeah, during the winter, he's like crazy polar bear ice plunge style. And I'm like, I cannot imagine. That is so crazy to be in that. I look at pictures and I'm like, it's way too cold. It's way too cold. We have uh, days in the winter where it's minus 40 degrees Celsius, which is minus 40 Fahrenheit. And that's when I sort of hibernate like a bear. <laughs> that is so wild because I, I yeah. dump, I do mine, I think at like 38 was the coldest I've ice plunged. And I can't imagine 38 degrees minus that is zero. Yeah. And then another 38, I'm like, what? That doesn't even seem real. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you haven't really done the plunges then as much. No, as I haven't. You. Okay. I'm the cheerleader. I'm going to, I'm going to send you this, this ice barrel. You need to try this out. Please. It's cool. I'll try it out. I'll do anything once. <laughs> potentially. I love, I love it. No, this is cool. Well, I didn't even realize. So we're, we're at 45 minutes already. So sorry, time's yeah. flying. But the other only thing I, I wanted to ask you before I let you go is, uh, when it comes to, uh, nutrition supplementation for me, I love what you said about vitamin D. Because again, I'm in Florida, so we don't have a problem with that. But you know, if you have, if you live in Oregon, Washington, you know, Seattle, and you don't get a lot of sun, you need to take more vitamin D than me because I'm in Florida. So I'd love for you to talk about that because I know you mentioned supplements, and uh, I'd love to get your feedback on depending on where you live. You know, what what is it best for you to take? Is there um, is there brands that you typically use a lot? Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on supplementation because I'm super fascinated by that. Absolutely. Vitamin D is the number one supplement that I take. I've been giving it to my son since he was a few months old. Because we're so north um, and so far away from the equator, the sun that we get doesn't really provide the vitamin D that is necessary because you have to be really out at high noon um, to get the, that essential vitamin D. Uh, that converts and is absorbed by the body properly. So depending where you are uh, will affect how much you need and whether you're getting enough throughout the year. Mm. If, you know, us being predominantly indoors during winter, we're going to need to supplement more during um, the winter times. I personally take 10,000 IU every day. I find that it changes my mood and it's fantastic. Generally, and I think in the U.S., there's 42, I think 42% of Americans are deficient in vitamin D. And then depending on your skin color, it will be different as well. So African-Americans, I think the deficiency is actually in the high 80s uh, oh, wow. because they don't absorb as well. And then when you want a vitamin D supplement, uh, you want to go for vitamin D3. And that's essential. That's the best. So mood, um, energy immune system, it's all interconnected yeah. mental health as well, because if you're, if your mood isn't there, it's going to start affecting with, um, uh, depression. So I know that some people, um, in Vancouver, it rains predominantly throughout the year here. Yeah. So it's cloudy, you have overcast people, uh, purchase, uh, mood lamps to have in their house. Uh. So that's something that can help, but vitamin D supplementation is huge. And it's something that you need to take consistently because if you are deficient, it can take up to six months of regular use every single day for you to get up to uh, normal levels. Yeah. And, you know, people don't realize how big of a deal it is either because, you know, it's just one of those things where we have all this information out there and we don't understand, you know, because again, if you're not following a nutritionist or someone that's 
talking about vitamin D or supplementation, it's not like you're going to get that in your algorithm. Like, right. We mentioned yeah. earlier on the show yeah. is, <laughs> which is a huge problem because if you're only following Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, that's all you're going to see on your feed. So exactly. you have to make sure you're at least doing the research on your own about the supplementation because it could have detrimental effects not only on your mental health and, you know, like you said, your immune system, but the wife and I, you know, we've been trying to have uh, a kid for quite some time and, you know, we're going through uh, some research, but we didn't realize she was vitamin D deficient. Deficient. And, yeah. you know, uh, I'm vegan. She tries to, you know, eat as plant-based as she possibly can, but uh, she's not on a strict diet like I am. So we didn't realize even she's getting plenty of nutrients and more than I am, but my vitamin D levels are better because I supplement. That's so important whether you're doing plant-based or not. You may think you're having like, you know, salmon and you're getting the vitamin D and you're, you're getting all these omega-3s, but we forget sometimes that 50 years ago, the food was way more nutritious than it is now. Our soil so, is depleted of so many nutrients. So sometimes you, as much as you may not want to, I'm not a proponent of taking every vitamin off the shelf and uh, supplementing with that, but there are some key ones and vitamin D absolutely number one. And also as a vegan, uh, vitamin D3 generally is not vegan. I think it comes from sheep something or another. So that's right. Um, it's a little bit trickier to find the vegan form, but it is available. So just be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to find the right one and it's uh, ridiculously expensive. So, uh, but you know, it's, it's working apparently, but I'm like, <laughs> damn vegans. Um, <laughs> you always make something so expensive. Uh, but when it comes to, to vitamin D, that's a, that's a good one. Is there any that pop in your head that, or if they had a handful of pills to take? What are like mm. the top pills to take? I know vitamin D is one, maybe zinc. Magnesium actually would be the, the number one. A lot of people deal with stress and poor sleep, anxiety. Magnesium mm. has a really nice calming effect. Uh, magnesium bisglycinate, uh, biglycinate is probably uh, the one that I would recommend for that calming anxiety effect. I take it sometimes before bed. Um, it also mm. helps um, with regularity. So you don't want to take too much because you might end up in the toilet <laughs> unintentionally. But if you have some issues, um, it might be better than going and getting a fiber supplement, for example, like Mutis, uh, I can't fit uh, the orange brand. I think it starts with a. Oh, yeah. Um, make, uh, Something along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, magnesium is probably a little bit better. And generally, every, I think the, I think at least half of the population is magnesium deficient. Don't quote me on wow. that statistic, but it is high. So vitamin D and magnesium would probably be my two top go-tos. Um, nice. And then after that, really focus on refining that diet and getting everything else from there. All these other ones, you know, a, a lot of people are trying to make a buck on it, right? Yeah. Chlorophyll, um, droplets that Kim, uh, one of the Kardashians drinks. Um, you can get that from just eating lots of leafy greens and green vegetables and you get all the plant nutrients, all the fiber and everything else associated with it. So definitely do the research and see, uh, are you even deficient in it? Like a lot of these green powders and stuff, I find that most people that take it actually eat a lot of vegetables and don't necessarily need it. Uh, so too much of that stuff could have some bad effects as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to be careful of that. And then also too, it's, it, it is funny. I like, I like what you said about how people were, you know, kind of selling and a couple of these, it's important to do the research, but especially me, uh, since I was in the uh, industry for so long, now I see the competition is so strong with everything, Huge. but it's unbelievable how my, like, I used to be the creatine guy, you know, scoop to the face. Uh, you know, L, L theanine, like I used to take, um, triflex for my bones, like all this crap. And then of course the big one for me that was mind blowing was branch chain amino acids. Mm -hmm. So I looked at that and I was like, I was told back in the day, like this marketing ploy, I forget the company, but maybe it was muscle tech. I used to take all the time, but they would say, um, you know, before you work out, take two scoops of BCAAs in your mm -hmm. shake, two scoops of BCAAs. Then after that, but really the science does not justify that. It's crazy that you don't need seven scoops of BCAAs, but I was, I was fed this one. But it tastes so good. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good. Especially I used to get the raspberry one. I was like, oh, this is a great, put it in my pre-workout. Yeah. But you gotta be careful of, just because the bottle says to take X amount of scoops, they're just saying that 
more often than not, you take more scoops, you're going to buy more. You got to go mm -hmm. behind the science of actually does your body need it? Because you might not need it as much as you think you need it. And if you have, uh, if you're on a meat diet, your amino acid profile that you're consuming is complete. So generally, and if you're eating enough meat, you're going to be fine. But say, for example, you're on a vegan vegetarian diet, your amino acid profile is not complete. You don't eat a lot of protein, then BCAAs may be a great option for you, but pre and post, I mean, that's definitely so that you get to the bottom of the bottle faster. <laughs> and then also, also check out those other ingredients in there because eating too much, you might have some sensitivity, some bloating towards it. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's always important to, to do the research. And, uh, do you find yourself now, obviously more than whenever, now that you have a one-year-old, do you find yourself reading ingredients even more? And of course it's 100%. in your nature being a nutritionist, but you know, for someone, uh, that is just going grocery shopping at Publix or Winn-Dixie or, I don't know what's yeah. popular up in Canada, but, <laughs> but we probably us. don't have the same one. Costco, Walmart, Safeway, okay. yeah, Wawa's, sure. so, yeah. Ooh, Wawa. Oof, don't get me started. I love me a Wawa. Um, but for someone like going to like Walmart and uh, and reading those ingredients, uh, is there a recommendation uh, that that you see? I mean, of course, staying on the outer aisle and not those processed mm -hmm. foods. But where where do you put you know that mindset of when you're going grocery shopping? What should you go in thinking? Whole foods, number one, try to minimize as much as you can around foods in cans and boxes and so forth. Uh, so again, 80-20. And then when you do purchase something that is in a box, check the ingredients, see if there's a better option out there. There's a lot of inflammatory oils, a lot of um, additives uh, for, to prolong freshness because those products need to last on the shelf for very long. But we know food is supposed to rot, right? We're supposed to pick it, eat it, and that's, you know, farm to table, essentially. Um, but when it comes to my son, he actually hasn't eaten anything from a box yet. Um, whole foods only, uh, no sauces, so nothing from a bottle. I only use spices for him, and he is probably the best eater. I am so fortunate. He eats broccoli, wild salmon, bison, anything that I put because I introduced it to him so early and that's the only thing that he's ever had. So he doesn't know any better as well. Right. And so I've never had any issues. You know, a lot of my friends have problems with constipation and diarrhea with their child, never had any issue. He's never uh, cried because of bloating or gas. We've had no issues. So I'm going to try to keep that. And it's funny because it's when your birthday's coming up. So I have to uh, bake a cake that's as clean as possible. We'll see if he actually eats it. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any recommendations? Are you even thinking about it? Or is it like it's too hard to wrap your head around it? What's around the cake, you mean? Yeah. I've actually found there's tons of recipes online on healthy cakes with no sugar. Oh, really? Uh, oh. So, yeah. I mean, icing that uses uh, plain Greek yogurt instead. Ooh. I mean, a little bit of natural vanilla extract. So there's definitely, there's so many options. It's just a amount of, it's about putting the effort and looking yeah. for it. And it might take a little bit longer at the beginning, but once you have the habits in place and you've done it a few times, it becomes really easy. You know, people say like, oh, you're doing it from scratch. You're, you know, you're not throwing in a box of risotto with all the packaging and the flavoring. It's like, once you do it a few times, it, it becomes second nature. Yeah. And not only that, it's like changing your palate too. That's, that's the key thing is, you know, we're for 15, 20 years, we've been raised on the fast food and the artificial stuff, but mm -hmm. same thing with alcohol. I mean, if you just stop that alcohol for a month, you try anything for a month and you realize that your body's not dependent anymore. Once you get mm -hmm. past that withdrawal stage and you start having other stuff, like I never liked spinach salad. I had a, <laughs> uh, I had a walnut raspberry uh, vinaigrette dressing with spinach and a little bit of romaine lettuce, but it was just fantastic. Walnuts and cranberries in there. I was like, this is heaven. But 10, <laughs> year, ten years ago, I would have, where's my, where's my cheesesteak? You know, let's, it's, yeah. you have to kind of train your body to get out of that 100%. mindset. And then once you do, you're going to feel a lot better. So uh, absolutely a hundred percent. Well, cool. Well, I have taken an hour of your time. This was fun. Mm. Um, yes. And I must say, for your first time as a podcast, well done. Uh, everyone give her a Thank round you. of applause. Fantastic. <laughs> I, never use, I never used that soundboard, so this was a, a good chance. But um, hopefully uh, we could do this again. It was, it was good to get to know your background and uh, some great information for my listeners. I really appreciate that. 
And um, before I let you go, if you can give a shout out to your social media and your sites and all that so people can kind of find you. Sounds great. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mo Robin, M-O-R-O-B-Y-N. And then on TikTok at uh, Osilas Health, O-S-I-L-A-S Health. Very and then cool. all my websites are linked in my bio. Excellent. And of course, if you're just listening or watching this, I'll leave the links in the description as well. But uh, Monica, thank you again so much. And uh, hopefully we could do this again. You know, definitely stay warm up there if you can. I will. Hopefully (laughs) summer is just around the corner. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Thanks again, Monica. Thank you. Talk soon. See you. Bye.